Hello, and welcome to the episode of Women in Engineering, Success Stories from STEM Professionals. In this episode, I will be talking with Jemiah Castlewood, a product systems validation engineer at Cummings Incorporated, about her contributions to diversity and inclusion, volunteer work, as well as she will also provide some great advice for organizations looking to create a more inclusive environment for underrepresented groups in engineering. I'm your host, Tiffany Tichi, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an internationally recognized author of children's books, including What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z and STEM Crew Kids Adventure Series. I'm also the host of the Read It Right radio show on WDRB Media, as well as the owner of Thrive Edge Publishing and owner publishing consultant of Inspired Authors Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, PSNS. PSNS is an award-winning one-stop shop of architecture and engineering excellence. The depth and breadth of their expertise has helped PSNS grow into a firm offering multi-discipline, full-service architecture, engineering, design, environmental, and surveying consulting services. They offer a single source for planning, design, regulatory compliance services on diverse projects across several market segments, including education, energy, utilities, hospitality, entertainment, infrastructure, public improvement, real estate, and science technology. Having proudly served a sophisticated client base operating in numerous industries, they know the importance of developing on-time, cost-effective, and high-quality solutions to the most difficult challenges. For more information, visit PS and S.com. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our podcast episode. Today, I have with me Jemiah Castleberry. Jemiah, welcome to the Women in Engineering podcast. Hi. Awesome, awesome. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Can you tell us more about your journey into the field of engineering and what inspired you to pursue a career in this field? Okay, well, my journey starts at Wake Technical Community College in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I had wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. I had um, gotten accepted by a few colleges, um, A&T was one of them, but I had ended up going to Wake Tech um, and pursuing an associate's degree in science. And I had um, I think maybe like one additional math class I needed to take along with an intro to engineering course that would allow me to get my associate in uh, engineering degree. So I was like, okay, well, three degrees, three, I mean, two degrees, three years, like why not? Um, and originally I wanted to do chemical engineering because I... I don't know. I mean, I just kind of saw Iron Man and I was just like, you know, I I really like what this guy has going on. I want I want to do that until I took my first chemistry course and it was absolutely horrible. And I went straight to my advisor and I was just like, OK, I don't want to do this anymore. So I um, no longer did uh, chemical engineering. So in my intro to engineering course, we had a project that was to build a CAD model of a flashlight. Um, and it was supposed to be kind of like a semester long project. It was like our 
big thing. Um, and I was, you know, working on SolidWorks and uh, my laptop had actually crashed and deleted all of my data that was there. And it was, I think, maybe like a week before it was due. And so I just sat at the computer in the um, in the classroom and I just worked on it like day in and day out. I just worked on it. And thankfully, the teacher was there. So he was able to like help me and everything. And um, at the end of the class, you know, he stood up and he was like, a lot of the people, they weren't even finished or they just didn't even submit. And he was just like, you know, I've had someone sit right here and do this whole entire project in one week. And you guys are telling me that you couldn't do it. And honestly, like, it made me feel really good about myself. I was thinking, I think I was like one, the only girl in that class, actually. And at the end of the class, he was like, I haven't turned you off from mechanical engineering, have I? And that's when it kind of clicked to me that, okay, like, this is mechanical engineering, just like making designs and doing CAD models on the computer. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, you know, and I got a lot of satisfaction from it because at the end of the project, once I screwed on the cap to the flashlight, the light bulb actually turned on because there was a battery and everything. So I guess, you know, kind of like theoretically, the light bulb also turned on in my head <laughs> that, yeah, this is what I want to do. So I transferred to UNC Charlotte to pursue a um, bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and just went from there. Awesome. Awesome. I love your story of how, you know, the light bulb turned off and you were able to see how you can make, you know, make it in engineering and for him to give you plant that seed um, with mechanical engineering being the one uh, that's that's amazing. So talk to us a little bit of, you know, how was your journey with the education of once you became into the, you know, mechanical engineering degree itself, like during that time frame of school, because, yeah, you made it to there. But what was your experience like from there as well? I thought there was a lot of times where I was in this one class. It was kind of like a a weed out class. I think it was called statics. And I had never in my life understood that materials have feelings is kind of how it made sense to me. It's like, okay, you're driving over a bridge and, you know, you're putting force on this bridge and there's like a bending moment at the end of, you know, like, and I guess it makes sense because, you know, bridges, like they twist, you know, like depending on, I guess, where the cars are on the bridge and they swing and all of that stuff. So, you know, I guess that makes sense. But to me at the beginning, it didn't. And the woman who was teaching the class, she was like, in order to be an engineer, you have to be able to visualize and see things like, and I'm just like, oh, that's, that doesn't sound like me. Like that, that's, that's just not me. I'm not really sure what she's getting at. And I really was thinking like, okay, I'm not smart enough for this. There was a lot of moments and times where I was like, I'm not smart enough for this. Uh, like, I know absolutely no one who's an engineer. I didn't meet anyone who was an engineer until I was in college um, and certainly didn't look like me. And a lot of the people in my class, like they grew up like tinkering on cars and all these other things. Or my dad was an engineer. My brother's an engineer, blah, blah. You know, like it kind of was like destined for them. Whereas me, I was just like, okay, well, I'm good at math. I'm good at science and I want to make some money. So I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this career. <laughs> 
Um, and so, yeah, that class was really difficult for me, but I got through because I wasn't the only one who was failing and having a tough time. So I made some friends and, you know, had like study groups and all of that. And <laughs> there was this one girl, uh, her name was Ceci and she, we sat next to each other and she was just so smart to me. Like it just kind of like clicked in her head and I don't know, she just really like pushed me um, because I wanted, I wanted to be like her, you know? Um, but that wasn't my only class that I had trouble with. There was multiple other ones, including physics, because I was, <laughs> I didn't know what physics was. And I had absolutely, like, I really didn't, I didn't know Newton's laws of motion or anything like that. And so I took this class and we had our first test coming up and I was thinking that the test was going to be you know, fill in the blank, multiple choice, stuff like that. No, it was actual equations. I wasn't thinking like physics is math, you know, uh, turns out it is. And I <laughs> pretty sure I got like the lowest grade I've ever gotten uh, on a test. I think it was like a 30 or something like that. And, um, and I was like, oh, man, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta do better. But yeah, I mean, multiple times like that, where I've just studied so much and still have, you know, failed to test or uh, something like that has definitely was like reiterating my mind, like, is this the right path for me? Am I smart enough to do this? But at the end of it, uh, I've learned like, it doesn't really matter how smart I am. I wasn't born smart, but what matters is that I just keep going. You know, I fail a test. I talk to the teacher. I see what I can do. I, you know, do bad on a homework assignment, like I study harder a little bit more, you know, I still don't pass. I try again the next time at the end of the class, I'm passing with a seven. I have a 79.2. I'm talking to the teacher, see what I can do in order to move forward. Like I'm not letting these roadblocks stop me from moving forward. So that way I can become an engineer. So it's like, okay, how did you become an engineer? It's because I'm stubborn and persistent. That's it. Not based off of how smart I was. And that was exactly why I created Science Jam, because I hate the fact that a lot of people think, okay, you're an engineer, you must be super smart. No. Mm -mm. It's just something that a lot of people can do as long as right. you make the choice to do so. Right. Wow. You're dropping some gems. I mean, I'm glad you, you know, transparent on your experience. I mean, it's, it's not easy. Uh, I went through it as well. And so the fact is you overcome and it's, it's perseverance and resiliency. I mean, you talked about all of that as far as how you made it through regardless of those obstacles. And so talk to me as far as now you're in the workforce, you know, finished the schooling and everything too. So what led you to join Cummins Rock Me Out um, Engine Plant as a product systems validation engineer? And could you share some insights into your role and responsibilities there? So what led me choosing Cummins uh, was actually I went to a career fair when I was at UNC Charlotte and I was in, I was in mechanical engineering, you know, so I was thinking, okay, like planes, engines, uh, cars, whatever. And I saw this one line and it was like 50, 50 guys at this line. And I decided to wait in the line. And while I was there, I just uh, Googled, you know, like, what is Cummins? What is this? And I didn't really know much about it, but I did know that I had just machined a little like steam air engine um, that in my, in my, uh, in one of my classes, you know, like using a, just everything, everything, everything but the spring and the bolt. 
And I was like, okay, like naming engines, like I can do this. So I went up there and, you know, with my full chest, I just gave my elevator speech. And surprisingly, when I got up there, I was shocked because it was a black woman who had like tattoos and piercings and like buzz cut hair. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 where I want to work, you know, um, just because they allowed her to be just completely her. You know, like just to me, it just screamed like diversity. Um, and so I ended up getting an internship there. Um, it got canceled because of COVID. And so uh, that's when I made my YouTube channel. But eventually the next year, I did end up going to my internship and it was just awesome. It was, I, w I met people, my manager, I mean, he was from Cameroon, <laughs> uh, my co-worker he's from Mexico it was just so diverse you know and I loved it and um <laughs> so my job now uh I'm a validation engineer and uh as a validation engineer basically if there's any changes that needs to be made to current product whereas a supplier goes out of business or they can't uh make a part to print or um there's like warranty claims coming in and the design needs to be changed or process needs to be changed in order to fix it or drawing print needs to be updated. I'm responsible with saying like, okay, what validation tasks need to be met in order to make sure that if this change does happen, it doesn't negatively affect current product. Um, so that's a little bit about my role and responsibilities. Um, but outside of that, I, uh, you know, also do the employee resource group. <laughs> Great transition. I was just about to ask you about that. So we talk about employee resource groups. Uh, the one that you are co-chair of is called REACH. Uh, could you tell us just a little bit more about REACH and how it fosters inclusivity and engagement um, as far as among the recent employees and college hires at Cummins? Okay, so REACH, it stands for, yeah, recent employees and college hires. And it's mainly, um, okay, you know, let's, let me hang out with my coworkers, you know, let's talk about something other than work. Let's talk about what's on Netflix. Let's just get out of here. You know, let's get out of this environment and let's just have some fun type of thing. Um, but also let's grow together as well. Um, you know, by networking and, um, all of that stuff. So I, every single year, um, I host offsite events, um, including like Drive Shack. It's like where people go to play top, play golf. It's similar to Top Golf. Um, also, we did like zip lining recently. Um, and uh, every so often, uh, we, I do like, you know, in office celebrations where I bring like donuts or something for Mother's Day, Father's Day, Juneteenth. Um, and recently this year, I started a book club. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty nice. And how it fosters inclusivity is because it brings together people from various uh, uh, kind of like jobs in, in the plant itself. So there's interns, there's people from quality, people from um, assembly machining, there's people from, you know, product engineering. And then within that, there's a bunch of different types of engineers. Um, so it brings us all together for just one sole purpose, you know, which is to, uh, you know, engage with our peers in, in a positive way. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, what motivated you? You've received the WOW Recognition Award. And from that, it's based off of your role that you created this reach outreach, you know, type of thing. So what motivated you, you know, to spearhead its launch and what, you know, impact does this made as far as the organization's diversity and inclusion efforts? Well, for me, what motivated me was that I was coming to the office and I was just bored. I was just looking around these gray walls, you know, these cubicles, nobody's really talking. And I was just bored. I wanted to go home. I was like, why am I here? Like, you know, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was just, I, I just went to the chief engineer. I was like, you know, why don't we have fun here? You know, like, why don't we do that? She's like, I completely agree. She was like, here's some money, like make it happen. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just kind of ran with it and it was awesome. A lot of people love it. I love it. I mean, it's, I feel so much closer to my coworkers. Um, even outside of that, it also has fostered kind of like a uh, more organic thing because uh, we still hang out outside of planned events. Um, you know, not even me, not even like specifically me with people, but it's like also like other um, other groups, you know, may form and stuff like that because of it. So mm-hmm. for me, like what impact has it had is I know that at least with the interns, it's had a um an impact on them returning and choosing to accept full-time offers um and as first as far as like you know because of that of course like diversity also comes with that um and yeah that's kind of what made me to spearhead that I was just bored (laughs) no but I mean you took something that you probably wasn't alone in and allowed it to be able to fester into something and foster that relationship, building relationships as far as seeing the value of it and then bringing the retention part of it. I mean, that's amazing to say, okay, you got these interns and then they coming back. And so I think that organization definitely, the company sees value in that. And so kudos to you and you deserve the recognition as well. And so when you talk about diversity and inclusion are clearly important to you, <laughs> but at work and, and as far as just not only just work, but also in the community involvement, can you share some advice for organizations looking to create a more inclusive environment for underrepresented com- groups in engineering? I would say um, as far as recruitment goes, like, recruit from schools that are also big in diversity and inclusion in specifically in engineering Um, because you know it's like okay your school as a whole can be diverse but is your engineering department is that diverse you know and not just diverse as far as like skin color color but also um, immigration status you know what's more diverse than than someone who didn't know English, had to teach themselves English, wasn't born in the United States? Like what's more diverse than that? Um, so that's kind of some advice I would definitely share as far as like recruitment um, and uh, for underrepresented groups in engineering. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, it's important. You got to be able to have the representation. And I think that's key. So I love how you shared that. And let's talk about your involvement with nonprofit organizations like Charlotte Shep- Shapers and Revamp Charlotte. Um, could you tell us more about your volunteer work and why it's important to you? Yeah, um, I'm not so much actively involved ever since I did move from Charlotte um, mm-hmm. to Raleigh, but I, as far as 
revamp CLT, it it started as kind of like a uh, a group that came from uh, kind of like the key members that organized the UNC Charlotte Black Lives Matter March. Just like really awesome. One of my favorite days. Um, we were attending to the homeless. So we would uh, give them clothes. We would give them food. We would ask for their information so that we could help find them housing. And um, really, and we would clean up as well. And why that's important to me is I knew that it was something that was going to make me uncomfortable, but I knew that it was something that I need to expose myself to. And because I want to be more grateful for what is around me. Um, and I also just know that helping people is what really drives me. Um, and so, and it's like, okay, so let me just go to the, to the root of it, not the root of it, but let me go, like, let me just go there, you know, let me not donate online, let me actually do something, um, and, and so, yeah, and so that's what I did, as well as with Charlotte Shapers, this was more of kind of like a networking type of, uh, type of thing, um, but it did lead to me being able to meet some, some really cool people, and some, um, hear about some really interesting stories but yeah as far as with revamp clt and the helping out the homeless community mm -hmm. it was something that i you know recommend for everyone um awesome. during my childhood my mom we during holidays we would cook for like the food the food food banks and take it to the homeless shelters so i just wanted to continue uh volunteering in that way as i got older that's good. And I mean, it's cool that you're able to be instilled as a young age and get to see the value of serving and then you continue on as an adult. So I love that. Yeah, I'm all about the service um, volunteers. So I love that you're doing that. Now, you've been hinted around a YouTube channel, a STEM focused YouTube channel called Science Gym. Um, what are your future goals for this channel and how do you plan to make technical subjects more accessible and engaging for our wider audience? OK, so. You know, my future goals for Science Jam is for it to be on TV, like Doc McStuffins or Added Twist a Scientist, um, Elena of Avalor, Little Bill. I would absolutely love that um, for it to be on TV. But my short-term goal at the moment is to turn it into uh, an animated, like, you know, 10-minute, five-minute uh, YouTube's uh, video segment. Um short-term, short-term goal <laughs> is to uh, turn it into a book. <laughs> uh, so that's what I'm um, currently working on. Uh, how do I plan to make technical subjects more accessible and engaging to a wider audience? Well, let me tell you, like I said, I am not someone that is extremely smart. Like in order to understand something, I need it to be broken down for me like I'm three years old. So with that, it makes it easier for not only for me to understand, but also for me to talk about. And with my job, you know, when I'm presenting these design changes and stuff like that, um, that have past validation and I, you know, recommend that it be approved. Um, I'm having to talk to leadership who is very unfamiliar with the project. Um, and some, some of which do not have, uh, may not have a technical background. So with that, you know, that practice definitely makes it more easier for me to uh, under, you know, make it more accessible to a wider audience, breaking it down yes. like because I break it how I break it down for myself and for others.
That's good. Uh, you know, the industry itself, the layman terms, the acronyms and all that kind of stuff, we were known for that. And so I love, yes, it's important to break it down so then people can understand it. I mean, you want to be able to communicate it. So I love how you shared that. So let's talk about as far as your future. What are some next steps or future goals in your engineering career and your broader efforts in promoting diversity and inclusion in STEM fields that you might have? Well, I mean, I definitely in my career field, I would at some point like to use my uh, degree that I'm pursuing right now. It's a master's in engineering management. So, you know, I definitely would like to use that at some point um, just so I can, you know, uh, use that. So uh, as far as <laughs> broader efforts in promoting diversity and inclusion in STEM, I mean, I feel the best way to do that is to keep on recruiting um, from HBCUs through Cummins, but then also, um, also Science Jam. I need to find more time for it for, for sure. I mean, I would, I need, I've been meaning to pick your brain and everything about it, but I just, that's, that's definitely how I feel like I can make the biggest impact. I love it. I love it. Yeah, me, me and you have a lot in common. I mean, both of us, USC Charlotte, mechanical engineering, <laughs> engineering, engineering management. So you have been great to share your journey. Um, I love your journey. And so could you give one final piece of advice that you have for someone just starting college or considering a career in engineer? Could you share that? A final piece of advice is I would find someone that you want to be, find someone that you look up to, you know, for instance, like whenever I saw you, I was just like, oh, like, that's who I want to be, you know, and just kind of like, you know, strive towards that, you know, and I think that, you know, by having the end goal in mind and being able to work backwards, you know, is just the best way to go about it, because I think that it's probably pointless, um, a lot of the time, unfortunately, uh, I hear of people that graduate college or about to graduate college don't know what they want to do. And, and it's like, well, college, you know, you're supposed to start college knowing what you want to do, at least after your uh, freshman year, latest sophomore year. So that way you can start internships, you know, and getting like experience. So that way it's an easier transition for you to have a full-time role. So it's like, okay, if you don't really know what you want to do, at least be able to pinpoint someone who is doing what you want to do in the future. And so that way you can work backwards from there and not end up at the end of your uh, college career without having any type of experience because you just didn't know what you wanted to do. That's a great advice. And actually, I actually went in undecided engineering at UC Charlotte. And so, it, like you said, that freshman year, learned about the different careers. And so when you said, you know, you might not know at the very beginning, but I, mechanical engineer was the broadest. So you you yeah. laid it out there that hopefully after the first year you're doing that. So I love how you shared that um, experience and advice. And so thank you so much. You've been great. I, I hope you've been taking notes because uh, you've been dropping some gems. And so can you share how people can get in touch with you? What's the best way? And then, you know, how can you get access to you know the space jump? Like talk to us. How can people get in touch with you further? Uh, I think people can get in touch with me further by following me on Instagram. Um my page is private, but you can just request to follow me um, <laughs> as well as, you know, uh, LinkedIn. But yeah, the best way to get in touch with me is definitely Instagram. It's at j.340. 
<laughs> and what about the space jams? How do where do we, we just find that YouTube and just look for it? Or yeah, so my Instagram uh, has a link to Science okay. Jam. Like I said, it has not been updated in a while because I've been, uh, I started an internship uh, yeah. when I was in college for Levine Children's Hospital. And then um, I wasn't really able to post that stuff on YouTube because confidentiality yeah. agreements. And then oh, yeah. um, I'm currently working on, you know, transitioning it into uh, a book. So yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. More to come, more to come. I'm looking forward to it. So just keep up the great work. Thank you so much, uh, Jemai, for your um, great insight. So thank you for being a great guest. Yes, thanks for having me, Tiffany. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes featuring individuals inspiring women engineers with their interviews, discussions about industry trends, and much more. Go to womenandengineeringpodcast.com where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women whose stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineer a better future.